not buying everything you see. The other thing is going to town or or city and not actually caring what I look like. Like I'm like, I honestly don't care if I look like a bum or if I just pulled off the farm or whatever. Like why do I care? And maybe the pandemic has somewhat done that to me too. Like not Like, yeah, I could put a nice jacket on, I could put my ratty one on, I don't care. Right there. So I think, still, I guess what I'm trying to say is there is still a fairly big difference between being in your early 20s oh. and early 30s. Like, you're still a different person. And the person you're in your early 30s is probably a lot closer to the person you are in your 60s than when you're in your early 20s. I'm sure. <laughs> it's just that you're probably just not capable of doing as much anymore once you get that age. But, yeah. start this morning with song number 367. Where is this? <laughs> Longview congregation. How big is the one? Sure. This is too loud. Can you move it over there and turn it down a bit? Because I can only use one hand right or a few minutes. Basically like, okay, yeah. now it's your Same as Saskatchewan now, I guess. 
be in a month or so. Yeah, it's just like, well, like the free vaccine has been offered to every citizen. Yeah, right. And they should have been able to have the double dose on it. And I guess it really makes sense, like, when you think about it, it's like, well, like, why should we, because of a select few people that choose not to, why should, why should everybody suffer because of people who choose not to? And they, their caseloads are certainly down dramatically. Um, Canada was ahead of them for a while recently. But Canada is going down They're really down. Was it supposed to do it to your finger when you did fill in? I did this two years ago when it came back. Mm -hmm. I knew there was nothing left and it came back to be back. Mm -hmm. it like it's mm -hmm. That's what I was told to do that to my specialist. Sunday morning service following opening hymn 399 will be served by Joe Oilato. Who is Joe Oilato? Oilato is, uh, well, he's actually married to uh, 
piano Simon Spencer and he's he's um, oh that's who that is. is yeah okay yeah I know yeah, his parents were um, his mother was a Father, 
Let's give encouragement. So who has that? Give comfort and strength to each one in the days ahead. You, dear Father, know what we need. And we put all of our trust in you. For we know that your will is always best. And it shall be done forever. We also, dear Father, this morning, wish to give thanks unto you that we again have opportunity to gather around your holy and precious word, your word which is a Father, we also give thanks for the many blessings which you have given unto us. For we know that all blessings come from your hand. And we, today, as we begin our services, we enclose these prayers and that prayer which your Son has taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The theme on the church calendar for this Sunday is the call to the kingdom of God. End of one of the texts, which is set aside, the gospel text, comes from the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, beginning with verse 57 through 62. And I will read these words in Jesus' name with still that prayer that God would bless his word. And if it is his will, that he would give words to speak. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go, and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And also said, Lord, I will follow thee. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plough, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. This portion of God's word, if you were to read beginning with the 
ninth chapter, it's a lengthy chapter, I believe it's 62 verses, was when Jesus was traveling and he sent forth his disciples, he called his disciples together, and he instructed them to go and preach and to teach. He said in this way, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house ye enter in, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. So he had instructed the disciples to go and to preach the word of God, to go throughout that area of Samaria and preach the message of God's kingdom. And Jesus then, just before our text, he had entered there into Samaria and he was not well received as often Jesus was not well received because of the message he spoke in boldness the message of God's kingdom and his disciples James and John even had even asked that should we I think it's here and he they said in this way that, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, that he was not well received, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are, for the Son of Man is come not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. This was the love of Jesus toward even those who did not receive him well. And then it brings us to our text where Jesus here even reminded those that this man wanted to follow him. And this following the Lord Jesus requires that we follow. We can't partially believe and then partially not believe. God is a jealous God. He requires our whole heart. And Jesus is here instructing that. He even said unto them that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. We remember back to those events even around Christmas time where Jesus was born in that manger that there was no room for him in the inn. Jesus in this way is speaking to this man that perhaps at times it's uncomfortable being a follower of Christ. That we experience persecution, we experience trial. And that, but yet, it is also a very comfortable place. When as God's children we gather around God's word and we feel the Holy Spirit which Jesus left here with us, that spirit that unites his children here upon this earth, that it is this kind of a comforting feeling that we know that the Heavenly Father 
has not left us alone. But it is in this way that we have to take up our cross. Jesus even says in another portion in Matthew, he says that he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That Jesus is here explaining that we have to love him with all our heart and with all our mind. And when we think of this theme of today, the call into the kingdom of God, those who are on the outside of God's kingdom, it is hard for them to see. Jesus says in another spot about vision, seeing they see not and hearing they hear not. When one cannot see in darkness, they do not see the kingdom of God. And it is only when God allows this to happen that one is able to then see and experience the love of Christ. That the example even of the Apostle Paul, how that he experienced in his life, how that he had great, we could say, instruction and teaching regarding the Bible and the teachings, the school of Gamaliel, but yet, he persecuted believers openly because the Holy Spirit did not dwell in him. But yet when he received the grace of repentance, how that there was such a change of heart and how that he wanted to serve God. His desire was to be an obedient servant and serve the Lord Jesus. When one experiences the grace of repentance, it is a complete change. And how that it is from darkness to light into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And Jesus even speaks in other portions of his word. How that he says, just before this in the and he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory, and in his Father's and the holy angels. So we can see here, that is, in this way that as God's children we travel, that we travel living of God's rich grace, that we are children of God, here in this kingdom of God, and that we do not know even when the time of departure will come. But it is important that we would be ready. Even as we have recently experienced here, a dear sister has slept away, resting there in the bosom of Abraham, awaiting that 
final call. A testimony of faith for each one of us. We, as God's children, we are poor and sinful. We are tired travelers. Often the way of sin is so close. The footsteps become heavy. The burdens of this life press and we can tire. But dear brother and sister, we have even this greatest gift here in this kingdom of God. When we have the grace privilege of confession, that when the journey becomes difficult, when the footsteps become heavy, we can go to that throne of grace and there we can hear that message of the gospel that sins are all forgiven in Jesus' name and precious blood. And even this morning, dear brother and sister, as you find yourself now, you can uplift your heart and believe all doubts and sins forgiven in Jesus' name and precious blood. And I also coming with so many doubts ask if I could hear that gospel. I desire to travel together with you, brothers and sisters. We are in such a good place when we are here in God's kingdom, where we can travel with this kind of assurance that by faith, one day, we will make it to heaven that we can trust that the Heavenly Father, He who knows each one of us so well, that He knows what we need even before we need, or before we know, that He will provide all that we need until that day when faith will change to seeing. And we can even see how God knows His will is perfect. He knows each one of us. And when it is His time to call, He calls. We have no control. This is how it is as His children that we travel by faith. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is yet to come. But today is the acceptable day. And it is in this way that Jesus even reminded that even regarding this call into the kingdom of God, that you cannot wait. That we might even ask that this question that where am I? That am I in the love of the kingdom of God? Am I traveling as a free grace child? Or am I on the fringes battling to the outside? Dear brother and sister, if you are struggling, if you have become tired in the warfare, in the battle, Pick up your cross, carry it forward, and 
trust that the Heavenly Father knows your situation and believe upon his merit works believe all sins and doubts were given in Jesus name and precious blood this gospel gives strength and power on the endeavor it encourages and uplifts us to continue traveling forward here in this text which we read Jesus even reminded those there where he said and he said another unto another follow me but he said Lord suffer me first to go and bury my father Jesus said unto him let the dead bury their dead but go thou and preach the kingdom of God and another also said Lord I will follow thee but let me first go bid them farewell which are at my house Jesus made it clear that the priority is faith. That it didn't matter if he wanted to bury or if he wanted to say goodbye to those guests at his home. That when the kingdom of God approaches, it is our prayer if we are on the outside of this kingdom you can even pray to the Heavenly Father that He would allow you to see the beauty of His kingdom. And that if the kingdom of God approaches you, do not make excuses, but rather repent. For you do not know if this opportunity will come again. Jesus is very clear on this here in this portion which we read. He says, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. If we were to, another example might be to drive, that we wouldn't drive forward and look backward. We would surely go into the ditch or get into a wreck. It is this way on the endeavor of faith that we look forward. We look to the Lord Jesus, to his merit work. We travel as grace children of God with this hope of heaven in our hearts that by faith we will make it to the destination. That we can't look back and even that precious example of the Word of God and how even in Sodom and Gomorrah it just came to mind how they were even instructed there, Lot and his wife, that in that sinful city there, how that they were to leave and to not look back. But the enemy of souls tempted Lot's wife, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. God's word is sure. His promises are sure. And we as his children, we can travel forward. In the book of Romans, I believe it's the book of Romans where, where it speaks of, of God's even righteousness. And it says in this way, 
For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. That we don't want to, of our own, begin to feel that we are righteous. That we understand because of this that we would be acceptable because of our own righteousness. But that we would trust that God allowed His Son to die for us. And that we can rejoice that the Lord Jesus died on that cross. He paid the price. He was perfect. But yet He suffered for you and I so that we might have hope of eternal life one day. It is such a beautiful matter that as God's children, we are able to travel with this kind of assurance that the Heavenly Father knows His own. There is a song, I don't remember, but some of the words that the Heavenly Father knows His own and guides them on the journey home. Is this not how it is, dear brother and sister? That our individual trials and difficulties, they are personal, but that our Heavenly Father knows and He even sends those escorts, brothers and sisters, it seems when the journey becomes difficult and the footsteps heavy, that he sends those escorts to speak to us and to remind us. Dear brother and sister, may it be our prayer that we would always hear when those escorts come to speak to us. That we would want to hear as it says in Revelations, what the Spirit saith unto the churches, that here in God's kingdom, here the Lord Jesus is walking. God sent, even in the Gospel of John, He reminds that when He was to depart from this earth, that He would send the Comforter here in our midst. And we believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son and God the Spirit. The three are one. They are inseparable. And His Spirit speaks in His congregation. It is God in the third person. And we want to hear what the Spirit says. We want to trust that the Heavenly Father is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And when we, in this way, as God's children, we trust with this kind of childlike trust and faith that God knows all. And He has promised to be with us that surely He will care for each one of us. And even we can find comfort in this that even in the midst of heavy trials and temptations, that God knows so well His own that He 
just as our brother even spoke of the parable of the sheep last weekend, how that those sheep, Jesus says that I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That he knows his own. And if we, as his children, if we simply trust and believe and accept his will, then God will bless as he sees. It's not always how we feel. And even thinking of this matter of prayer that sometimes we pray and perhaps we even wonder that does God even hear our prayers? That maybe he hasn't answered how we would want it to be. But this is how God is. His ways are so far above our ways. In his word he says that it's as far as the heavens are above the earth. So there is no way that we can comprehend all of the mysteries of faith. But we can leave these oh, yeah. in the hands of our Heavenly Father. And we can trust with full assurance that if we do not understand everything, it is okay. What is important is that we believe. We believe and trust in the promises of God. And that as we have been instructed over and over in the kingdom of God, that we would keep faith in a clean conscience. That we would not allow the enemy of souls to come and darken the pathway. And I was thinking earlier of how it is that it happens so subtly how the enemy can plant seeds of doubt and, and even perhaps it's like in this way with, with vision you can't I recently had to start wearing glasses because I can't see very well but sometimes you be stubborn and you try to read it and try to see what it says and then you give in and I've thought that when you can't see something you you grab you, you want you want to be able to see it so you find a way and you whether it be with your vision your glasses but what about when we're out, someone on the outside of the kingdom of God when they can't see there is only one way they are able to see and it is by the washing with the blood of Christ the forgiveness of sins when the, when the vision even becomes clouded, even for a child of God, there are times when perhaps the vision becomes clouded. How is it that it becomes clear? It is by going and taking care of those matters that have become, that have caused the vision to become cloudy. It is sin. Sin is the only thing that separates man from God. And when we are able to hear the message of the gospel, how it's, we see so clearly. We, we see the kingdom of God as that golden and pure candlestick, without blemish. But when we are struggling, when we are on the endeavor, we can become 
even doubting, and perhaps the beauty of the kingdom can fade. We can begin to see so closely the faults of others. This is why it is important that we would keep faith in a clean conscience so that the vision would remain clear, that it would not become clouded, and that we would see this kingdom of God as the golden candlestick. It is pure and undefiled. The Heavenly Father is walking with His own. He is here guiding and leading His children. We can trust and believe that just as He cared for all those Old Testament travelers, those on the wilderness journey, they also experienced struggles and trials. They became tired and weary. Dear brothers and sisters, it is because we carry two portions, a fleshly and a spiritual portion. May it be that we would always have the desire that the manna from heaven would always feed our undying soul that we were not tired in hearing the Word of God, but that we would want to hear the Word of God. That we would not think that perhaps we need better food, but that that simple, same message, which we have heard and believed for years and years, it is sufficient yet today. Nothing has changed. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And as his children, we travel in this way, that we carry a cross, and we endeavor here below, and we often feel tired and weary. But that is our fleshly portion. Dear brother and sister, one day it will be buried into the bosom of the earth. And there it will decay. But that soul will rise to the glory of heaven. Dear child of God, it pays to believe. It pays to trust that the Heavenly Father knows what we need and that we want to look forward. We look forward to that middle cross where the Lord Jesus, there hung, we gather those blood drops from his feet and we rejoice that today we are children of God, that we have been preserved in living faith unto this day. It is such a beautiful matter but if there would be one listening who does not own this gift of faith, to you this message also belongs. That humble your heart, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. And the message of the gospel belongs even to you.
And even now you can lift your heart and believe all doubts and sins forgiven in Jesus' name and precious blood. And when one experiences this new birth, it is, as Paul said, that it's as if scales fell from his eyes and he could see. And as Luther said in this way that when one is in darkness, all the glasses of the world would not allow one to see the kingdom of God. But it's when the grace of God affects man, then they are able to see and believe. What a treasure we have, dear brother and sister. Do not allow the enemy of souls to take it away. But continue traveling forward. As is often said in this way that our hand is on the plow, but our heart is in heaven. Dear brother and sister, even on this day we can find comfort in the word of God that God will care for his own and he will provide all that we need. And even though we may feel our poorness and weakness, it even comes to mind of that parable that Jesus relates in the Gospel of Luke, also of the rich man and Lazarus. How that there was that rich man that had lived sumptuously very well, and a beggar who was at his gate with sores, and he was desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. But then, when this life ended, it says that it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. And they pass to us that would come from thence. There is such a gulf between eternal life and eternal damnation. There is no time. It is too late. rich man even cried that that would he go and speak to his five brethren for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment Abraham saith unto him they have Moses and the prophets let them hear them 
dear brothers and sisters, may it be that we would trust and believe that the Heavenly Father, He speaks through His children, through the congregation of God, the Mother, the Holy Spirit. It is here calling and inviting that this way leads home. Dear child of God, do not tire on the endeavor. Do not weary, but remain believing. And yet again, even this morning, you can uplift your hearts and believe all doubts and sins forgiven in Jesus' name and precious blood. This gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. We, one day, will close our eyes to this life and enter there into the glory of heaven by faith, by believing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us close with the Lord's benediction. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen.
just ecstatic with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all they are are a bunch of stupid lefties. But the thing is that Joe Biden is actually quite centrist himself. I know, but because of Kamala Harris, he's not. If it weren't for Kamala Harris, he probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> and he might not he might not actually be able to run again. It might 